Hello, hello, hello. I am your Carol Garcia, hostess with the most is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Your Mouth. In Your Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, oh, show oh, you how to... Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Your Mouth. <laughs> <The> goosebumps. <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook, with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the most is Munoz. And hey... <laughs> Well, spring hath kind of sprungeth here in New York. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing anymore. All I do know is that the diet is dieting, the soul cycle is cycling, and we are we are on a healthy food journey. Um, you know, it is the get this waistline snatched for this straight wedding at the end of April for your girl Munoz. Um and listen, I am in a very body positive like sphere, right? I I want that to be very clear. It's just that I want to feel really good in these clothes that I'm being forced to wear at this wedding. <laughs> so it's but like if this wasn't coming up, I'd be in bed with pizza, not going to spin class early in the morning. You know what I mean? It's uh, I've set attainable goals for myself and it's all about feeling good, feeling good. And actually, um this reset has been has been really really nice, you know? It's just I feel I feel like I have more energy. I'm not I'm I'm definitely eating a whole lot better and it's really interesting even though I don't think I eat terribly. Like, because there isn't, I don't really eat very carb heavy or, um, and it's very vegetable forward and there's not a lot of like greasy foods in my life. And since you all know out there, I live in 120 square feet. So I'm not like frying things in my tiny space because everything will smell like fried food forever. But um, it's, it's uh, portion size, you know, that like salad that's like, massively huge, right? Like the calories in there, if like there's all this dressing and whatnot, you don't really realize that, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have that second thing sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, that's the journey I'm on. And, um, and we're here, we're here, we're here. But I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the nice weather. I'm really excited to get out in these streets and go running because you know, my Latino behind, does not run in the cold, but I, I'm excited to be out in the fresh air and get all that vitamin D, and I'm really excited for today's guest. So I'm going to stop rambling about ridiculous things in my life that nobody really cares about except me and get to the getting on because I'm so excited for today's guest. So without further ado, please help me welcome the one, the only, Rigoberto Flores. Say hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you, my love? I am doing well. I am doing well. I'm enjoying this weather. So, um, right, yeah. Yeah, right. It's, it's a nice, nice change, even though it's like 
gonna be it's like nice for two seconds and then rainy and cold or like or like oh my god it's so beautiful outside but the minute you stand in the shade you're like why am i freezing yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, right, uh, we're 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 very menopausal. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time. It's that time. <laughs> so. You know, it's so funny. A random thought, uh, and this is how. Look, already off the rails. You know, I think it was the New York Times a very long time ago that came came out with this article about. Um, I think they interviewed uh elderly people in a home like on the in their like last weeks of life or something like that not to get not to get too morbid and sad but they were like they questioned these people about like what they would change or their biggest regrets in life or like whatnot and a lot of them across the board said we wish we spent more ta- more time talking about our feelings than the weather Mm, interesting and, and this like that's what this like weather talk just uh reminded me of yeah yeah right because more often than not think about how often we talk about the weather yeah. as opposed to like how are you like how exactly. are you Rigoberto? how are you feeling today <laughs> yeah it really is it's just like you wake up and you just look out the window and like first thing it's like hey the weather what sh- i don't know yeah you're right i don't know so, yeah like my mother every morning gives me the the full weather report as if I just didn't watch it on TV and we're both not watching, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. the it's same so news program, you know, yeah. as opposed to how are you? Well, it's raining out. I was like, well, no, that's not the answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how are you, Rigoberto? I am doing well, you know, woke up breathing, um, a little sleepy. And yeah, yeah, I feel pretty good. Feel pretty good. I mean, you got uh, in your mouth, listeners. You can't see, but if you're in the little preview, if you go to my Instagram uh, when this drops, you'll see uh, Rigoberta is wearing the most fabulous glasses, a little (laughs) fashion glass, which I'm obsessed with. I need to go back to the eye store because I want a pair of Sally Jesse Raphael's. That's my that's my next pair of glasses. I want some big red glasses. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So SJRs. You would look good in red glasses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? So, yeah, right? I feel like I can only pull off certain colors. I have a lot of red undertones, so I feel like if I wear red, I look feverish all the time. And so <laughs> and then like no one wants to be around me because no like one wants to be sick. Like the consumption's got you all of <laughs> yeah. a sudden you're like on my own. <laughs> Exactly. Well, listen, we're already off the rails. And before we get any further, I got to do what I got to do. So in the grand tradition of In Yo Mouth, I need to wish you happy National Chiffon Cake Day. Yay. Yeah, I love chiffon cake. Yeah, it was one of the first cakes I made in culinary school. Great. Chiffon cake is not something we hear of a lot like who is making chiffon cakes these days um should i should i wikipedia describe it or do you want to just tell us what a chiffon cake is Mm, wikipedia please (laughs) it's been a while it's been a while no uh, chiffon cake uh, according to wikipedia is a very light cake made with vegetable oil egg sugar flour baking powder and flavorings being made with vegetable oil instead of traditional solid Fat, such as butter or shortening, it is easier to beat air into the batter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess the name comes because it's like really light and airy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, you know, the fabric. That's what I kind of think of when I think yeah. of chiffon cakes, fabric. Yeah, a, chiffon, a classic chiffon cake combines the cloud-like texture of angel food cake with a tender richness provided by egg yolks and oil. Thank you, King Arthur Baking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, chiffon cake. I am not eating cake these days. Too many, too many Weight Watchers points. You know. Uh, yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I am eating. Um, Way too much cake these days. And oh, so, yeah, yeah. oh, your so. your mans are actual. Uh, what was that? <laughs> I said your mans or actual. Oh, <laughs> uh, actual cake. <laughs> well, that's no fun. Um, <laughs> listen, when Oprah Winfrey got on that television and said, "I love bread," and I am the ambassador for Weight Watchers, let me tell you something: you can eat. 
I don't know if you know how Weight Watchers work, but it's like basically calorie counting in a different way. It's a point system, right? You know, if you eat this bread, that's a lot of points. I'd rather, I'd rather not eat the bread, even though I want the bread, and eat more food throughout the day. So like <laughs> the chiffon cake, although you can eat it on, on this diet, like I choose not to because I, I'd rather like have more meals. You know? <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do, but I do miss cake. Now, does chiffon cake, I don't know if you know this answer, does chiffon cake only come in like, I guess what is vanilla flavoring? Or, no, you can... or, or do you flavor chiffon cakes like any other cake? Yeah, you can definitely have like chocolate uh, chiffon cake and like other like forms of it. And yeah, chocolate not chiffon. To. When yeah. is a chiffon cake appropriate? <laughs> when is it not? <laughs> Y'all should have seen his face. He was like, what? What does that even mean? <laughs> like, when is it an appropriate time to serve chiffon cake? You know? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, okay. Chiffon cake. I, I don't know why why today is that day. But um, you know what? I don't really know why any other day is any other day. I just... I And I didn't even decide to go down like a history route with this one today. So, you know what? No matter what you celebrate out there, whether it's chiffon cake day, um, angel food cake day, or or no cake day. I don't even know where I'm going with this. We celebrate you today. And moving right along into this day in gay history. Rigoberto, did you know that in 1985, the Los Angeles Times comes out in favor of gay rights and urges the U.S. Supreme Court to take a stand on more gay-related issues? Wow. In 1985? 1985. Two points to be made here. A... Um, L.A., right? And I think the the effect that Hollywood has on politics and B, uh, the Supreme Court being all up in our business, especially now since it's leaning ultra conservative. So it's yeah. just like, eek, I don't know if I want you all making decisions for me. Kind, right, sir. Right. <laughs> kind people. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So <laughs> Also, 1985, not that long ago. Ex I know, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's um, it's a, it's an interesting day, and it's a it's a reminder that um, history, including gay history, ha is becoming a little cyclical these days, right? And not necessarily for the better. Is what exactly, yeah. Is what is what the gentle reminder is. So we still need to be out in these streets. But I want to get to the getting on and celebrate you. And in your mouth, listeners, if you didn't know, you're about to know. Rigoberto Flores is a classically trained chocolatier and pastry chef. Rigoberto grew up as a first-generation Mexican-American in a small town, but always had big city dreams. He spent his childhood between Mexico and the United States, learning and appreciating the cultural differences and distinctive flavors of the two countries. Before launching Also Cacao, Rigoberto worked in various kitchens and bakeries, including three Michelin star awarded 11 Madison Park, James Beard Award nominated Birch and Barley, and most recently, Cascu Chocolate, did I say that right? Which yeah. was uh, featured in the New York Times. Through these positions, Rigoberto gathered knowledge and techniques that he has used in creating his own style of chocolate making and establishing Oso Cacao. Also, Cacao is a handcrafted chocolate brand that takes inspiration from Rigoberto's Mexican-American childhood. Also, Cacao begins with the tradition of Mexican-style chocolate making that was passed down by Rigoberto's mother and ancestors and builds on those techniques to create gourmet chocolate bars that are unique and comforting. Yes, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome, and what a resume. 11 <laughs> Madison. 11 Madison. 11. 11 Madison Park was just in Food News for um, who's head chef there. He, he paired with um, a rapper to create a, 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 a designer peanut butter and jelly that they're selling out of that Madison 
uh, 11 Madison Park Market. Yeah, yeah. I know very little of that. I know of the peanut butter and jelly. I didn't realize it was a, a collaboration. I just saw it like I get these newsletters from them occasionally and it was like a featured thing. But yeah, I didn't really read through it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, but but such a uh, such a wonderful resume. And now into chocolate making. I want to start at the very beginning. And the love of food, right? Especially cross-culturally and, you know, being here. Where does your love of food come from? You know, I guess, I really don't know, but I guess it would probably be just like for my family. It's just like, uh, you know, we're kind of a family of cooks and, you know, it was a huge part of my mother's and my, uh, you know, and uncles and aunts' um, life growing up on a farm, ranch in Mexico where they had to, like, produce their own food to survive and uh, to sell. And, yeah, it's just kind of carried through into this, you know, into into this sphere that is you now as uh me, you know the next generation Jacques Therese, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jacques who? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me, like, so fine. This is instilled in you, like from your from your family. When was the decision to go into food as a career? Uh, probably like in my early twenties, uh, I was going to, I was taking the more traditional, like, uh, higher education route. And unfortunately that didn't really work out or, you know, it just didn't work out. And then... Wait, what were you going to study? I don't know. Maybe that was the reason why it didn't work out. <laughs> oh, because we, we've heard all, all sorts of stories of like, I was like a big, like, you know, executive or I was a lawyer and I gave all that up to like, you know, work on the line or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I just, uh, I guess I was still just trying to figure my identity and I was working at a local coffee house and uh, the owner had we did every baked good from scratch. And I think that kind of like re-sparked an interest um, in preparing food and baked goods. And so, yeah, I just kind of, she suggested going to culinary school and I did some research and took some time off to actually work in a kitchen. It was, um, I would help my mom out at the restaurant, but I've never actually worked a line. Um, until that point. And I did that for a season. And yeah, I was like, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to go to culinary school and make the decision to make this work out. Wait, you just said you helped your mom out at the restaurant. Did she own a restaurant? Um, At that time, she didn't own a restaurant. She was working for a restaurant. And so she was a line cook and, uh, and slowly... Um, when she came into this country, she started off as a dishwasher and then just kind of worked her way up and then eventually bought her own restaurant and um, has a catering company and just kind of... A like, way to leave all these details out. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, just living the American dream, you know, just kind of... Yes, talk about it because it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, yeah, she came into this country and uh, she actually didn't know the language, didn't know anything. She, we're a family. Uh, she came in as a migrant worker, working out in the fields, and then uh, she moved to Oklahoma with um, to be closer to family. We had um, like my uncles were already there, and they were established, mm-hmm. and so they hooked her up with a dishwashing job and. Throughout the year, she just kind of like kept pushing and pushing to learn more and just wanted to get out of being in the dish pit. And, you know, they slowly saw potential. So they would give her more responsibility. And she took English speak um, classes to learn the language, English. And yeah. And eventually, the the owner, the restaurateur, he had like a couple restaurants or a few restaurants in our hometown and he was selling one. And so she was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to buy a restaurant. And, you know, this is, you know, 
and make it work. And she did. And, you know, and I'm like so proud of her. And so, um, is yeah. it still running today? Yeah, it's, it's still running and she's doing well. Um, how many years? This, I think she took ownership maybe like eight years ago. That's and, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, she's been doing really well. Um, and she's really happy with it. And, you know, I'm happy with her. And so, yeah. So you yeah. were, so you decided to help her out at the restaurant. There we go. There yeah. we go. <laughs> I wouldn't know if I had any decision in that. She would actually, you know, as a teenager, kind of like force me to get out of bed and just like, you need to learn, you know, some proper work ethics, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So why baking instead of cooking? I, th- I think I just kind of just gravitated more to baked goods. Um, one, I really enjoy eating baked goods a lot. And uh, and I felt, yeah, I think I just was drawn more to that. Just like the, the science and the creativity aspect and just kind of, and then just eating it as well yes <laughs> so obviously least, yeah. obviously it's delicious i can't have a baked good in this apartment it'll be for christmas there's always panettone in in the in my tiny apartment and the minute it's open is the minute that i will devour yeah all of it you know I what i mean the same way i am the same way i just recently got a box of brownies and they're like tiny tiny little portions and i had to really restrain myself like hold my because i could like eat the entire pack you know in one sitting and i already have like you know a whole pizza for dinner so it's just like stuff but i yeah puts baked goods in front of me i can't stop those of us single folk out there have to keep things a little tight and right, right? We can't be eating pizza and baked goods all night. You know, I got to be out. I got to have the energy and the strength to be out in these streets, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I told, I know. You, you know, this do. New York City gay world can be, uh, can be real vicious. Yes. <laughs> but fine. Rub it in my face that I can't have baked goods and pizza. Fine. <laughs> I don't normally eat like that. I, it was, <laughs> I felt it was a, a treat. It was a treat. And so, <laughs> so. <laughs> I would die for a slice of pizza right now. That sounds delicious, especially that pizza with those with that good pepperoni that like uh, turns into like cups of oil. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. <sighs> I'm hungry right now. I could probably, I actually have a little leftover, so I may just actually eat that You know what? Uh, I'm done with you. Get off my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, I tell myself, because I am training for a marathon, it's part of, like, carbo-loading. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. anything, anything to make us feel better, <laughs> make ourselves feel better about this. My friend Iman, shout out to you, Iman, um, sent me... Uh, she's big on the internet. Go follow her, Iman in the kitchen. Um, we did Easy Bake Battle together, and she's Kurdish, and she's always making these delicious, like Kurdish foods. And she made baklava one day for the internet, and I slid into her DMs, and I was like, I am so mad at you, and that there is none of this in my apartment. Well, lo and behold, two days later, there was all these baklava and these Kurdish sesame sesame coconut cookies, which I've never had, which were delicious. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I started, and I was like, no, ma'am. Nope, you will eat this whole thing. And um, I had just started the diet. I put them in a Tupperware. Um, again, we are off the rails here. Um, threw them in the fridge, and I would have one one square of baklava a night for for five Weight Watchers points. And I don't know if I was supposed to keep that baklava for like the two and a half weeks that I did. <laughs> but I did, and I ate every last piece, one a night. <laughs> wow. Good for you. I... It was delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. So anyways, back, I don't even know where we left off. We are off the rails. I'm, I'm, we're in a full argument now because (laughs) you keep throwing carbs in my face. (laughs) So you're there, you're successful. You've gone, you've gone to culinary school. 
you, you put in the time, obviously. I mean, 11 Madison Park is worth its weight in in gold, platinum, and, you know, it is the it is the, the standard, right? Like, you work there, you can work anywhere, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly. Like, so um, what made you pivot then into creating your own line of chocolate? Uh, yeah, I've always been interested in chocolate. Even in culinary school, I would, uh, that was the part that I was more interested in. And I did an externship um, at Burdick's, um, a chocolate shop. Uh, they have, they're kind of spread out now. Um, and so it's just been a strong passion of mine. And even in kitchens, I would try to gravitate towards like doing some of the chocolate work. And I also think it's part of just kind of continuing this legacy that um, growing up and hearing stories about how my family would make chocolate um, from scratch with, you know, they would grind it up in a molcajete and just like throw in some sugar and like they would either snack on it um, or sell it. And so, but just, I think that just kind of like imprinted my mind and it's just like, and I don't know, just kind of wanted to continue that and just kind of see what I could do. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's just always been, part of my identity yeah yeah absolutely speaking of your identity and being in such um high profile kitchens right we often talk this is a big gay food podcast and we often talk the trials and tribulations of being behind the line just existing behind the line but then with the added layer of being LGBTQ behind the line and how difficult they they may be some at times, right? Because you know the kitchen can be a a difficult place to exist in, right? As yeah. as somebody on a different journey, what was your experience like? You know, it was pretty tough. You know, um, once I was in the <clears throat> excuse me um, in the restaurant world, you know, I was already out and. But there is like this machismo, like uh, male toxicity uh, in the kitchen. And so I, it was challenging at times to like really be who, be comfortable. And uh, yeah, and I think um, it was easier being in, um, in pastries and because pastry kitchens are usually slightly removed um, and yeah, I, I'm kind of glad, um, I'm no longer part of that. I'm sure it's much easier, but a lot of the times, you know, I felt maladjusted just for one being, um, Latino and then also being gay on top of that. And so, I mean, when I was in these kitchens, there wasn't a lot of diversity. And so it's just kind of, yeah, if you don't fit a certain look, group, if you're not part of a certain group, you're um, probably going to get bullied. And so, <laughs> so, yeah. And what was the key to getting through that or coming through that? Uh, I guess knowing that it was like uh, temporary and just kind of taking what I need from that experience and applying it for something um for the future, knowing that that wasn't going to be permanent and that I'm not going to have to, this is not my place, you know, and um, yeah, take what I needed. And so, yeah. yeah and get yeah, the hell yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's sometimes like, you got to get the hell out. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so. There was a whole movie called get out. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> We often talk uh, on this pod because our stories are important and we never know who's listening about coming out. And I was wondering if you would share with us before we cut out to the break, your coming out story. Yeah. Um, so I was outed when I was like 15 and a half in high school. And so it was kind of a challenging time. Um, one being in high school and then also being forced to, um, be out. And, um, so, and then I later 
came out to my family, which wasn't any easier. Um, they're at that time a little bit more traditionalist, you know, very religious. And so um, we probably we didn't speak for a while. Uh, I think it was just part of their process and trying to understand. Um, and, you know, uh, so, I mean, we're now fine. We now kind of, you know, have moved on. They're very loving. They're very accepting of me and my partner. Um, but yeah, it wasn't um, a really easy road. Um, and it didn't really get easier um, being in a small town in Oklahoma. And so where I yeah, grew up. How did you stay? How did you stay grounded enough to come through that? You know, I don't, I guess, yeah, kind of just like being, thinking about just like, I know that there's something else out there. And so I think I just had this like innate drive that's just like, I'm not sure how, but I will eventually go somewhere else and leave because this environment wasn't um, welcoming. And so um, at that time, and Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just like, like I said, I just, I just had to get out and I didn't really know how. And I think culinary school was a, a way of me getting out. Um, food was a way of me getting out um, and kind of creating my own uh, sense of comfort. Um, and so, yeah, so I think you make a really interesting point. And I don't think in the past five years we've heard this Um, you just said food was a way of me getting out, right? And that there was a comfort in it. And we often talk about, you know, uh, we're always talking about like food, you know, every major life event happening uh, around food, right? We've talked a lot about this, uh, a lot on this pod about the comfort of food, right? Uh, During like the grieving process and right. And how food can be comforting during like hard times and, you know, all of this centered around food, but food being a springboard into, into, um, for lack of a better way to put it, right. Cause it, it, maybe it's not as dramatic as salvation, um, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, um, but to propel you into a place of, of comfort and safety, you know, yeah. and safety. And I use, I use the word safety as you haven't expressed like a violent situation, but like safety and, and feeling safe in yourself and safe in your surroundings. And like, you know what I mean is a really interesting take on, on on your experience you know what i mean yeah 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 totally uh yeah i found comfort and solace in food and yeah and i yeah felt safe with you know food and you know and i think there's still a certain comfort there you know and i gravitate towards that and so yeah, the the warm blanket of like chocolate croissants, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> chiffon cakes, <laughs> comfort me with chiffon yes, cakes. Yes, yes. Way to bring it full circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you for being so vulnerable and uh, sharing your story and letting me. Uh, carry that for you and propel it forward. As I always say, we never know who's listening and who we can affect. So with warm blankets of uh, baked goods that comfort us into a sense of safety, we will leave that there, um, you know, before we cut out into this break. So um, I think now would be a great time to send Rigoberto into the kitchen to bake up some carbs. And we will be right back with my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. 
If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right, Rigoberto, I hope you're ready for my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call Food News Updates. Food News. Uh, Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. Van Leeuwen launched a Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, I heard about that. Now, this is a little (laughs) old news. Like, this is a couple weeks ago, but in your mouth, listeners, right? You know that, like, I am not recording on, you know, release day. And so sometimes we just need to catch up to the food news because, you know, it is food news aplenty. We, it is a cornucopia sometimes <laughs> of news. And this one I just couldn't let slide by. Ranch ice cream. As a pastry queen herself, how do we feel <laughs> about ranch in the ice cream maker? That is a hard pass for me. Um, never been a fan of ranch. Um, I don't what? see myself. <laughs> ne- yeah, which wait. is wait. Go, yeah. Wait, wait. Not for me. <laughs> you what? Oh no. Oh no. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been <laughs> very lovely. Thank you for your time. Um, and thank you all out there for listening. <laughs> Okay. All right. Our second argument of the pod. All right. (laughs) Ranch is delicious, but continue. Uh, Yeah, I just, I, (laughs) it was something I just didn't grow up, uh, grow up with. And um, I always thought it was like this weird foreign thing that um, people would dip pizza into or like pour it onto their pizza. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Not for me. Don't, I don't know what it is. All right, so I, not for you. You're already you're already starting out of I don't like ranch place, and now throw it in some ice cream. Now, have you had Van Leeuwen ice cream? It's delicious. Oh yeah, yeah. They're not a sponsor. <laughs> These people know how to make ice cream. That is true. Yeah, yeah I, right. I They're vegan fan. ice cream. Oh, so, the vegan ice cream is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. But you know what? This isn't their first foray into um, into interesting flavors. They did a Grey Poupon flavor a while ago, and they did a, the Kraft Macaroni and Cheese ice cream, too. And ugh. <laughs> even though a Grey Poupon ice cream, I've been obsessed lately with uh, that uh, Maile or male uh Dijon mustard, I I will. Oh I yeah, will I know. Eat it out of the jar. Yeah, that's so good. Solid. It's so good, right? It is solid, right? And so a little cream in that, maybe a little sweet cream, that may be good. I don't know, but this ranch, I've I've seen people do potato chips or they're dipping they're dipping salty things in the ranch ice cream, which I, I think may work. Yeah, I yeah, can see that right? working, but still. But past. as a standstill, no. But I, I mean, today's food news update, and y'all are about to find out, is all very, um, very brand related. And I figured, you know, with the dawn of spring, let's see what these brands are are cooking up for us, right? To to put to make it punny. Um, and this isn't the only new flavor coming from Van Leeuwen. The full spring lineup includes sweet maple cornbread, delicious. Uh, blood wow. orange chocolate chip sounds great. Carrot cake, hello. Strawberry shortcake, oh yeah. Uh, honey graham cracker and limoncello cake. Yeah, okay. I mean, things to look forward to, right? Yeah. I think I think the ranch was a springboard into the actual like good flavors. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. 
bringing attention. Like, pay attention. Look what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. All right. And no shade to Hidden Valley because they are fans of mine, uh, albeit not a sponsor. Um, and I am a fan of theirs. So you're not here for this, but I, <laughs> I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence because I can't fully betray HVR. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Coors Light releases beer-flavored popsicles. Yes. Beer-flavored popsicles. Listen. Yes? yes. Are, are we a beer? Are we a beer queen? Do we like the beer? I do like beer. Um, and Coors Light. Um, I grew up in Oklahoma. It's like our state beer. Uh, so, um, yeah. Um, I, will, I will get behind that. I would definitely try it for sure. So. All right, it's a taste of the Rockies, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. what they say? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they did this because of March Madness, which I know nothing about. Um, I know nothing about March Madness. I don't even pretend to know. But they've released these new beer flavored popsicles, um, and they are non alcoholic treats that taste like you've just cracked into an ice cold can to help you. Chill out if your bracket goes sideways or your favorite school gets knocked out. Now, I don't know if you know anything about March Madness, but what I do know is why come out with a beer popsicle and have it be non-alcoholic? Yeah, yeah. You lost me there at the non-alcoholic. Right? Yeah. Notice, notice how these are dessert. This is a dessert-themed food news update, too. Just for you. <laughs> I did here. <laughs> like, what? What? Why is this non-alcoholic? Like, give me my frozen beer. Exactly. It's like, what's the point? What's the point? <laughs> what? What's the point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For, I'll just have a regular beer and one of those, like, you know, regular icy pop things that like come exactly. in like the forty pack. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. that probably tastes better um i don't care how they release this thing right because they're not paying me to do this but um this is really popular you know what the other weird thing about this is is that you have to be 21 years old to buy them but there's no alcohol that's weird yeah isn't that weird yeah <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me yeah I, I I don't I don't get it. And they're having some sort of contest where you can win where you can win like a six pack or a twenty-four pack of these. No one really cares. I don't really think we're here for this, right? I I mean, this is the type of thing that people will get their hands on and then sell on eBay for like two grand, <laughs> right? Because it's like, you know, these like collector's item brand things, yeah. these weird brand things. I'm not here for it. And last but not least, for sure, um, the new Frank's Red Hot Sauce flavor is for pickle lovers. Frank's Red Hot Dill Pickle. See, yes. I capped it. Ranch and Frank's Red Hot. You see oh. how we do here? Yeah. Are we a hot sauce fan? Uh, yes, very much so. And so. Do we, uh, are we a Frank's fan? You know, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I actually had Frank's, and so. Well, if you've ever had a buffalo wing, you've definitely had Frank's. Okay. Then, uh, yeah, I probably had Frank's. Yeah, because Frank's is the standard. Also, uh, not a sponsor, <laughs> but Frank's is pretty much the standard when it comes to buffalo wings. You know, okay. Frank's yeah. and butter. Um, let's go down a hot sauce trail. Uh, what is your favorite hot sauce? I guess. Yeah. So maybe it's not like I like I think I just like salsas. I just think I like that's what I enjoy. You as can't salt. come in here. You <laughs> cannot come on this podcast, right? As a Mexican American and be like, give me salsa. No. Where is the Cholula? Where is the Valentina? Where Valentina. is the Tapatio? Where is the what's the other one I have here? Starts with an H. Um well, are you kidding? I know, I know. See, my family, we we didn't have that. They would make their own salsas. But Valentina, I do like Valentina. So that I'm familiar Valentina, with. Valentina, delicious. I What am I looking at here? I'm looking at, uh, oh my God, I have so many. I've named the, most of them. The Cholula Chili Garlic. 
Um, there's definitely Franks here. I have uh, Shaquitas, not Shaquitas, Shaquandas hot sauce up there. What else can I see from my from my little couch here? I have so many. Interesting. <laughs> not even a Tabasco, a Chipotle Tabasco. I, I used to put Tabasco back in the day, but yeah, I guess it's just like I like making my own. I don't know. Just oh. making my own sauce. Oh. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, salsa is different than hot. I know. Though. I know. So I was a bit confused. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Don't complain to me when your people slide into your DMs angry that you don't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're a disgrace. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to close up shot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> listen, in your mouth listeners, he know not what he do. We we, we will give we will give them a pass. We will give, <laughs> We will somebody please send him like a variety of hot sauces, okay? <laughs> please. <laughs> to put on your eggs and your pizza, okay? <laughs> to throw Oh my god, you could probably Throw this Frank's dill pickle on top, on top of that Van Leeuwen Ranch ice cream. And I bet you it would be worth it. Yeah, that is interesting. You should pitch that idea. You should make it happen. Yeah. Or I should just do it on TikTok and watch me, watch that thing send me, send me over the edge into like food fa- uh, famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an idea. Now, I am a big Frank's Red Hot fan. I don't think it's, I think it's, and no offense to y'all out there, I don't think it's spicy. I think, I think it's white people spicy, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's more like salty vinegary. And I'm curious about how this tastes like dill pickle because it's, um, it's whatchamacallit. It's like, it's already vinegar forward, Frank's is. And so, like, and when I think of dill pickles, I think of very briny vinegar forward. So I'm curious um, on what this tastes like. But um, the the spicy flavor company revealed its dill pickle hot sauce in its attempt to go after what the New York's what the New York Times names the flavor of the summer. I didn't even know they did that. Yeah, interesting. Right? I could see. It, yeah. I tried to I tried to look up other New York Times flavors flavors of the summer, but uh, since I don't pay for the New York Times, they won't let me see it. So there's a paywall. <laughs> yeah, I'm I curious. was denied. But was really what was really interesting to me about this food news update is that it was all like kind of things that are propelling us towards like the spring and the summer. And that's what that was the vibe I wanted to bring, bringing it all the way back to the weather and the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) I'm definitely here for this. I don't know if you are, but I think that's the best way to end food news update. Take that to the chocolate factory with you. Wait, does also cacao have um like a Mexican chocolate, like a spicy chocolate? Uh, yes. Yeah. Bar? Actually, yeah. Actually, that, throw that on the ranch ice cream. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you got me really excited, and then <laughs> downhill. You know yeah. what? That's what you get for fighting with me on this podcast, <laughs> right? It's it's going to be a ranch ice cream podcast from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's start here. Why why did you decide to start a, a chocolate brand? Uh, I just wanted to introduce the American audience that like there's so much more than these traditional European style chocolates. Mexican chocolate uh, is only known to be like one dimensional and only associated with like heat. And so with Oso Cacao, I am trying to introduce the various flavors and ingredients and um, techniques um, that are so part of like my culture and like my memories and experience and introduce that into 
the American audience. Um, there's so much more than these European styles. Not to say that they're bad. Every every chocolate has its place. But why can't uh, Mexican style chocolate be seen on the same level as European style chocolates? So you bring up um, an interesting question and something that I've never thought about that the different different styles of chocolate. I just always thought chocolate was chocolate. Right. You know what I mean? And I've had Mexican chocolate and I've had, I guess, what we're calling European chocolate and mm-hmm. American chocolate, if we can call it chocolate. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Full of wax. Um, yeah. um, but uh, can you just give us like uh, some cliff notes on what the what the difference is? Yeah, Mexican, uh, yeah, I'll start off with Mexican chocolate. Um, Mexican chocolate, um, when people think of Mexican chocolate, they think of like a a coarse, gritty, uh, a less refined texture, and which is really great. Okay. You know, um, and it's flavored usually with like cinnamon. Um, It's like the common um, flavor added. And European chocolate, the cacao is kind of grind a little bit. It's a little bit more refined. And so it's smoother and it's seen as like uh, more luxurious. Um, And so like you think of like Valrona or truffles and bonbons. And so what I'm doing with Oso Cacao is trying to like bring these two together in a sense that... um, I'm taking Mexican style chocolate and making it a little bit more refined and, uh, but, and still using like some of the coarse grittiness to kind of add a little bit of texture um, on, on the palate. And so, and then what makes also, it coarse and gritty? Uh, it's the, the cacao nips um, not being broken down. Like to the same level. Got it. And got it. Because I've had those rounds too that were like extra coarse and gritty. That like I am assuming, or I always thought when they were like gifted to me or I bought them that they were to make um, the hot chocolate. You know, like they do the pour over, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, ex- and exactly. Then, like, the whisking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing that. The same process. Uh, I source all my cacao from Mexico, and. Um, and so it's the same process, and I break it down, and I make it a little bit more palatable, uh, palatable for the palate, for the mouthfeel, and then I incorporate uh, flavors while it's grinding down as well. Um, and like for example, uh, I have a, a mole pepita bar, and so I'm using a. A recipe that's been passed down from my family, and I've just incorporated some of those flavors and elements into this bar using cacao from Mexico, um, and just kind of continuing the these like the legacy of my parents and you know family members, ancestors, and just kind of making it my own and making it trying to bring it to the American audience. And so, yeah, I think you mentioned before that your family was making some chocolate at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to make it. They did everything to kind of uh, sell at the market. They would make their own cheese, um, so like chicharrones, um, which is like fried uh, pig skin. Yep. Delicious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Delicious. And, Just keep mm-hmm. tempting me with fatty yeah. foods. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been eating chicken and vegetables. <laughs> Right? Yeah. yeah. Watch you send me over the edge. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, we're sitting here talking about chocolate, and you know what's not in my apartment? Any chocolate. Well, uh, well, the good thing about ch- <laughs> Well, if you play your cards right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So when you say you're incorporating flavors, traditional flavors, you mean flavors beyond, like, for lack of a better way to put it, um, just education-wise about chocolate, because I don't know a lot, um, incorporating flavors beyond just what is what we know to be just regular, like, milk-slash-dark chocolate flavors, correct? Right, right. And so um, I also make uh, my own, uh, like, plant-based or dairy-free milk and 
um, dairy-free white chocolate. And so I'm incorporating flavors. Oh, is white chocolate chocolate? Big debate. That is a big debate. I think it is. Um, I do not discriminate. I um... <laughs> <laughs> You are an equal opportunity chocolate tier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I'm just, you know, um, I think people just associate Mexican flavor, just like chilies. And so I have a sweet potato and amaranth, um, which is a flavor sweet potato I grew up with. Um, it was my version of breakfast. Um, and I, I use puffed uh, candied amaranth that I candy myself. And I throw that in to kind of give it like a mimic that breakfast cereal texture. Um, and I use other flavors that just kind of resonated with me in my Mexican-American um, upbringing and so Mm -hmm. what does amaranth taste like to me it's a little like earthy and so i think it kind of balances out the natural sweetness of sweet potato and then i um candy it to kind of like balance out that little like earthiness and so it's a little gets a little toasty which yeah yeah i don't think i've ever had amaranth and i'm looking it up now and one of the first things that come up are quinoa and amaranth uh the same thing and they are similar but they are not the same thing but they're like in the same family yeah yeah for those of you trying to like kind of figure out what it is interesting interesting Yeah, it's actually one of the more like popular um, items, which kind of surprised me because um, I just started introducing um, dairy-free options and uh, people like loved it and it became like the top seller. Great. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, where can we find it? Um, on my website, ohsocacao.com. You'll see a variety of selections ranging from uh, white chocolate, dark chocolate, and I hope to launch some truffles using uh, a stone ground chocolate as well. So. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, you know what? What sets you apart from the rest? I think, yeah, just kind of being true to my culture and just like using uh, Mexican flavors that are not so common or even thought of as being Mexican and, uh, and just like employing like certain techniques and just kind of, yeah, bringing yeah. a totally new world. And so, yeah. All right. Yeah. The Aladdin Jasmine of it all. The, a whole new world. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Well, what a special day and what a special treat, even though there's no chocolate uh, at my fingertips. Uh, <laughs> yet, yet. <laughs> I'm only playing. Don't you tempt me. Don't oh, right, right. Dare <laughs> tempt yeah. me. I'm going to um, send you over the edge. <laughs> right? No, honestly. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for giving me time out of your busy schedule. Um, today has been really, really special. And I am so happy to call you part of my big gay food family. Um, let the kids know where they can find you. Again, where they can buy the chocolate see the chocolate, taste the chocolate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you can follow me at Osokakao um, on Instagram or you can go to the website, um, osokakao.com. Uh, yeah, and I am happy to share my love for chocolate. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can't. I guess I can't wait to have a nibble myself again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a special day. And um, I can't. Yes, I just can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you. Thank you. This has been so much fun and a great way to start off the week. It's, uh, yeah, right? Right? Yeah. A, little, a, little, a little something that's not the weather. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to bring it full circle. Yeah. In your mouth, listeners, uh, no matter where you are, please stay safe out there. Um, oh, my God. They caught those dastardly bastards who were going into the gay bars and drugging people um, and whatnot. Finally, that scary moment hopefully is over. 
And uh, but stay safe out there, you know. Um, climate change is real, and the weather is doing crazy things, as we can see all over the news. If you're in one of these areas, you know, stay safe, stay strong. We are with you. Um, and if you're anywhere else, have a great day. You got this, you know. Um, attainable goals are the best goals to set. Attainable goals. Love yourself. And other than that, I don't know what I'm saying here. And other than that, as always, thank you for listening to In Your Mouth. Oh.